Thanks, Shannon, and thanks for everyone that's joining us live here on our Leadership Development Community interview series, uh, along with those that are listening to this uh, recorded from our, our various podcast channels. Uh, so my name is Michael Clark, a past president of the Conference of Consulting Actuaries and a managing director at Agilis based out of Denver, Colorado. I'm really excited about my guest today. Some of you may recognize the name Brent Walder. Um, he was our closing keynote speaker to our virtual annual meeting back in 2020. Um, for those of you that didn't catch his keynote or don't know Brent, you're in for a treat today. He's an actuary that worked for 25 years before setting out on a new career path back in 2020. And I'm taking this from his website, brentwalder.com. Brent has a passion for helping technical leaders accelerate change, drive strategic business impact, and lead deeply satisfying lives. He recently launched a new career as a speaker, executive coach, and leadership developer. Brent spent the last 25 years growing as a leader, building and leading high-performing teams, helping transform businesses and industries, and developing emerging leaders. Brent's greatest professional energy comes from engaging, growing, and developing talented leaders. So Brent, thanks for uh, joining me today on our interview series. Hey, I'm glad to be here. I should add to that, my greatest personal energy comes from developing talented children. At least that's what I've been working on. So uh, that's another part of my life that fits in <laughs> well, there. Well, best Go of ahead. luck with that. that. That can be more challenging sometimes. <laughs> it is way more challenging, but there's way more overlap than you could imagine. But, the uh, reward's good, but the pay's horrible, I bet. Yeah, yeah. Actually, my, <laughs> um, my oldest daughter just got married. So that was like a big step of like... Uh, She's in charge of her own life at this point. So. All right. Well, that's excellent. That's uh, congratulations on that to you and your family. Um, Brent, I want to start out for those people that, that don't know you and don't know your background. I'd love for you to take a few minutes to share some of that backstory that's led you to where you're at today. Yeah, sure. And uh, if you think about what's shaped me, it's probably similar to all of us. It's a mixture of the experiences that we have as we go through life and the people that have a very direct impact on us. And uh, so for me, my core values, of course, were shaped as a youngster growing up in a, in a family that valued family, uh, valued faith, valued the kind of person that uh, we wanted to be as human beings, and um, probably not that different than most of us having some elements of that in our background. And for me personally, a desire to make a difference and probably um, some ambition to just, uh, I don't know, we had ingrained into us to always do everything well. Um, which in one sense is good, in another sense can, you know, lead you down some tough paths um, as a bit of a perfectionist. So, but from a career standpoint, so different than probably most of the audience, uh, I'm a life actuary, went the investment track and worked for an insurance company for most of my career. So in the insurance space, the actuary's role is really helping shape the promises, evaluate the risk of those, put a price tag on them, and then once uh, we've made those promises, then the whole back-end management around the uh, putting a valuation on them, very similar to how you would on a pension plan, and then managing the assets around that. So I actually started out at Cigna. Uh, they had a very strong um, leadership development program, which was really fortunate to be a part of. I would say there, what they trained us in uh, was that leadership wasn't just technical. Um, there's certainly a technical dimension of leadership but also the business side of that and then the people side of that. So that was my early years. And then uh, where I crossed over the most with the pension actuarial world would have been in 2012, uh, which I won't go too deep into that, but a huge year uh, in my life, uh, which was when Prudential did the General Motors uh, pension risk buyout. And that took, uh, it, it 
totally changed the market and probably has affected if there's pension actuaries on the phone, your daily lives because you probably spend time on buyouts. Um, and this was before there had been very many of those, but it just took a ton of energy and um, it created this collision for me of like work required more energy than I had to give because of my other uh, commitments in life. And so that uh, was a really tough year, but made me step back and really think about who am I? How does work fit in? Um, and that's really fueled my passion as a leader since. Um, so spent uh, some more years at Prudential and leadership roles, and then always wanted to go out on my own. Um, and so here I am, finally did that uh, a few years back. So Brett, let me ask you this then, especially knowing that you wanted to go out on your own at some point, um, how did your work as an actuary prepare you for what you're doing today? Yeah, it's actually a, a fantastic question in that, um, so I knew that in the back of my mind, but I wasn't exactly sure when that would be. And what I do for work though, is essentially now it's just helping people do the kind of things that I learned how to do in, in, my, in the business space. And so um, when I think back to my experience, I was within Prudential Retirement on their leadership team for quite a long time. And in that was privileged to work with a lot of great business leaders, each of whom had their own unique approach, um, but with a very big focus on developing us as leaders and then us developing our teams as leaders. And so that was uh, uh, impactful for me. And I just really love, uh, I guess I'd say three processes. One is creating a high-performing team and kind of what goes into that. Um, and the second one was around not just the team, but the whole function and like um, seeing the opportunity for it to really add transformative value and taking a group through that process of how do I do all the day-to-day -day stuff that we need to do, plus build the capabilities of future and develop the talent in the middle of that? Um, so that was the second piece of it. And then I'd say the third piece is just around um, individual coaching of people uh, to help them be self-aware, see their own possibilities, and then create their own strategy um, to go grow themselves through opportunities and coaching and feedback. So um, those things all really helped. Uh, shape. I guess one more I would just add, um, I took lots of opportunities internally to speak to large groups, uh, which I love to do. And um, it's not that frequent that you get that chance, but I, I led a large team. So that uh, fed into that at a group of a couple hundred people. So um, that gave me lots of leadership speaking opportunities, but then spread out and did that across the company uh, in places that I could. And all again, trying to just develop the skills to be effective as I went out outside of residential. Well, let me ask you another follow-up to this then, because everything that you're talking about and describing is not technical at all. Like there's no analytical aspect to it, right? So you, sure. you, came, into, you came into the profession, you obviously became credentialed. So you, you have that technical mindset. What did that transition look like going from more of a technical role to moving into more of these what, what what's commonly referred to as soft skills or consulting skills. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's interesting. I just, I was looking through some old materials a couple of days ago and I was reading the feedback that I got about 10 years ago from my team. And it was just fascinating. So one of the things was I'm a perfectionist, right? So very high aspirational goals for them um, and high standards coming in. And obviously there's benefits to that, but then there's downsides to that. And one of the things I think I personally struggled with as a leader is, so you're delegating to somebody an analysis and they're doing the work, but if you haven't set up front kind of clarity in like the decision criteria and like how to think about the problem 
and then they come to you and you're you're in the last stages before it has to get delivered to your your constituency and now you have 100 questions and you're like well did you think about this and this and you want more analysis and it's too late or you've just created a fire drill for them so that's technical skills getting in the way of good leadership and so learning how to do the leadership hacks around that to force that conversation earlier is a good example of um, leading technically and analytically, but doing it in a way that doesn't frustrate the system and can create a lot of wasted energy. So that was that's just one example of a, a place where uh, some some tough learning for me, but thankfully had people willing to give the hard feedback. And I think that's one of the most important attributes of a leader is opening ourselves up to others to help us be self-aware. Um, and it's one of the hardest things to do because uh, it's very vulnerable. But if if it's for your good and you know it's for your good, you know, work through the emotions and, and absorb the feedback and it really can help transform you. So I, this is a, a question that I've thought about a lot for myself, right? As someone that, that also came into the profession, um, had those technical responsibilities, um, and when I look at my day job now and the things that I've learned over time, it, it's probably drifted more to that leadership and management as opposed to being in the weeds with uh, the technical piece. And I still get involved in some of the technical stuff every once in a while. But looking back on your career and what led you to where you're at today, do you wish you would have done something different to start with? That's a great question. And I think uh, I was reflecting earlier today, and I think regardless of where you are in your career, the thing that helps you get to the next level is getting the bigger picture context that you're doing your work inside of. So if I've observed who kind of advances more quickly and takes on more responsibility, they learn to think like their manager or think whoever is their senior person that's mentoring them. And um, I didn't do that early on. Um, I was more like you're just into the technical dimension of your job and I didn't really get the business and product context. But I don't know, for, for me personally, there's an excitement when you connect up like I'm doing this and it's helping these people with these problems and you get the bigger picture of how you fit in a broader system. And then you can start adding a whole new level of value. And that's kind of true at whatever level you're at. There's, there's a broader set of things that you need to be uh, aware of. Um, and then there's, of course, new skills that you need and you have to stop doing some behaviors you did in the past and taking on some behaviors that you need to do in the future. And that's, again, I think um, if I was to do something over, it would be, um, and I remember this, I remember the CFO of Cygnus saying this, like he just, he was constantly asking for feedback from people. And I find myself even now, like, I don't want to ask for feedback, but I know I need it and like that tension, but you can't know how to improve if you're not asking and just relying on your own intuition or on that. Yeah, no, great advice. And I appreciate your perspective there.